This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Do you want a more intimate walk with God? Are you tired of trying to hear God and hearing only silence? Each week, your host, Felice Skirwitz, is prepared to inspire you and equip you on your journey towards deepening your relationship with God. Listen, hear, and follow the Lord's will in your life, and you will be blessed. friends and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and today I am going to talk to you about the topic of temptation. Temptation is real and the fallout is serious, but we are going to talk about some things that will help each one of us. Today um, is episode 245. You can find the show notes at a few minutes with com. When I talk about different things in my podcast, I don't want to dwell on the negative, And that is all the stuff that's happening in our world. I think we all know what's going on. And for some of us, we avoid watching um, some of the things that are happening because it's just so disheartening. And I really learned that one of the things that happened when I was really connected was I was getting angry and upset. And I really felt that I needed to go into prayer more and focus on that. And so while we can't be complacent, even if we're walking with the Lord, we really need to be aware of what is affecting us and in our lives. One of our pastors reminds us that faith is not just a feeling, but an action. And this is so true on many levels. It's a choice, and for some of us, we have to decide each and every day, what am I going to do? And especially when we're tempted to do something. Does temptation mean doing something wrong or evil? You know, and probably not for any of us listening um, in this podcast, the evil part anyway. But sure, We're tempted to cheat on our diets, for example, or maybe something comes on uh, the television and we're like, well, there's just going to be one bad part. And, um, you know, I remember um, fast forwarding through different movies with my kids. And while it's easy to eliminate some of the temptations in our lives, it's not always that simple. Each of us struggles with temptation of some sort, whether it's food, overindulgence in alcohol, laziness, slothfulness, and other things. We don't need to even leave home to be tempted, do we? We should have faith that will help us from sin, and we do, but that's only partially correct. Yes, faith can help us, but it can also be used as an excuse. For example, how could God allow that to happen to me? Or, which is horrible, well, that person um, has all this bad stuff happening to them because they must not have enough faith. Or it's some sort of retribution or punishment. Seriously, folks, we should never say that about anyone. We don't know their hearts. We don't know the mind of God. We can only learn 
about faith ourselves through attending church, reading spiritual books, and reading the Bible. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says that person is being punished because they were sinful. And we can relate that scripture of an evil people that God's talking about to people we know. Only God can do that. Our faith is a shield, but the decision is ultimately ours to choose correctly. Sometimes our trials are overwhelming, and it is our faith that keeps us together, that keeps us whole. Why do we want to avoid temptation? Well, this verse will help us if we need a nudge. Ephesians 2.3 says, We too were numbered among them at one time. We were ruled by our sinful nature, succumbing to the temptations of the flesh and desires. And like all others, we were, by nature, children of wrath. Who wants to be known as the children of wrath? I certainly don't. The early Christians had their eyes opened, and then, afterward, they were aware of their sin. Once they were infilled with the Holy Spirit, the wisdom from the Lord allowed them to see what sin really was. Something that maybe they didn't think was an issue beforehand certainly became one. The early Christians taught others. The words we read in the Bible are powerful and obviously came from the Lord. We are taught the word of God pierces our hearts like a two-edged sword and is convicting. And those words made an impact and changed lives. They change our lives as well. In the busyness of this world, we must take the time to allow those words to penetrate our hearts so that our eyes can be open. This doesn't mean we're free from temptation, only that we can identify and avoid it. And that should be our goal. We have sinned and we've all been tempted. Some are stronger at avoiding sin and others are not. God knows our hearts. He hears our prayers and knows our weaknesses, but sadly, so does the enemy. And that's where temptation comes in. In the last podcast, I discussed a hardened heart. A hardened heart is us being stubborn. We want what we want. When we follow our own path and our own inclination, sometimes we stumble or take a wrong turn. And we should be well aware that we need to avoid going down this route. Aside from uh, an aside here um, about those who are stronger at avoiding temptation, one of the things I notice from friends that I consider prayer warriors is that they pray and seek God, whether it is in the Bible or in talking to the Lord. They surround themselves with like-minded people and they attend church. They put on the armor of Christ. What does this mean? This means Filling yourself with God in his works, in his writings, in spending time with him, and looking at ourselves in that light. Thankfully, we can't really see ourselves as God sees us. I don't think we'd want to see that version of ourselves that the Lord sees. And the Lord has given us the grace, and he's given us the scriptures. You know, Ephesians 6, 11 through 17 Finally, find your strength in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the deceit of the devil. For we are not struggling against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, 
the cosmic rulers of this present darkness and against the spirits of evil in the heavens. Therefore, put on the armor of God so that you will be able to hold fast on the evil day and hold your ground with all your strength. Stand firm then with the belt of truth fastened around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness clothing you, and with your feet shod in zeal to proclaim the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, hold in your hand the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation as well as the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, earlier I said faith is not alone is not going to save you. And the reason is that a lot of us become complacent. Well, you know, God's got this or I'm walking with the Lord and I don't need to worry. And then we're blindsided. Yes, the shield of faith will quench all the flames and arrows of the evil one. But we have to be aware of what they are. Right now, I see a lot of distraction about things that don't matter. And, um, you know, when I hear, you know, this new concept has come through or, you know, this new thing um, is being touted as, you know, you've got to believe this or that or the other, I just hold to my faith. And I say, I'm not going to get into this discussion or argument because I really feel like it's taking our eyes off of the Lord. The fourth um, point I wanted to make is that we have to identify our weaknesses and avoid them. Not falling into temptation means avoiding the near occasion of sin. At one point, um, younger on in my younger years, I had a real problem with gossip, you know, and you know, what high school or college age kid doesn't because, you know, you, you listen to all these people that know everything about everyone. And I remember confessing that and then just finding myself wanting to go back into that sin until I really had to bring that before the Lord and just say, Lord, I don't want to gossip. You know, even when, when people ask for prayers, we don't need to know everything that's going on. Um, recently a prayer request came through and all we knew was that this family needed prayers. So we just prayed. We didn't need to know the details. God has the details. And also pray against temptation with simple prayers such as, Lord, forgive me for my sins in thought, word, and deed. And that also helps. In Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen, we read, Blessed is the man who guards himself against temptation. But anyone who hardens his heart will be overtaken by evil. And when we look at that passage, we think about, okay, how am I going to guard myself? You should think and take a few minutes and think about that. And what does guarding yourself mean? I gave you that example of myself about gossip. This can mean so many things. It can mean avoiding people that you know are trouble. It can mean, you know, avoiding situations where you could get in trouble. And I read a funny meme on social media that had a picture of two women and it said um, partners in crime. And then it went on to say, if we get caught, I'm deaf and do not speaking and you do not speak English, you know, and that is funny, you know, it makes us smile, but it also reminds me that, you know, we have to know who we should avoid and what people we shouldn't be around. And while it doesn't make us popular, it's important. You know, in college, one of my nicknames, and I had many, 
was being called mom by my friends. And it was supposed to be derogatory, right? Because when you're in college, who wants to be thought of as a mom? And they told me that taking me with them anywhere they went was like taking their mother with them. Well, all of those years later, um, you know, I realized it was a compliment and it wasn't supposed to mean, you know, something bad as I took it to be, of course, at that time, that wasn't a compliment by any means. But, you know, they later voted me, um, you know, as president of the sorority, and who are you going to have the party girl or the one who tries to keep everybody from doing, you know, idiotic stuff that they do in college. A lot of my influence came from my parents, it came from my Italian grandmother, I sat at her feet, literally, you know, wrapping yarn as she was telling me Bible stories that were so real to me. These are things that we as parents can pass on to our kids. We can either pass on the influence of, well, the church needs to teach you this, or you should be learning that at Bible study, or we can take the responsibility and provide that for our children. We can also be that example. Our pastor said he was with a group of friends at a social gathering, and one man began telling an inappropriate joke. So he excused himself and began to walk away. He said he was not going to allow himself to be put in awkward positions. But that same man came to him later and apologized and recognized this was an area of his weakness. He wanted to be liked and noticed by others, and he thought this was one day, to, one way to do it. You know, this pastor could have said, oh, stop saying that, that's sinful. He just excused himself because that was a bigger message than saying anything would have been. And so that's food for thought as well. How can we untangle ourselves from awkward situations without, you know, making this big deal or acting like we're holier than everyone else? James 1, 12 says, the trials of temptation while all around us can be a source of struggle. We must pray that we are spared and pray for fortitude and strength. Blessed is the man who perseveres when he is tempted, for when he has been proven, he will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. It's not easy, and no one said life is easy. Some think becoming a Christian should come with all the blessings and rewards, and while it does, Not all of them are the ways that we expect. A Christian walks the road less traveled, and that may make you unpopular with friends. And so we have to realize that while the temptation is real, we have to make that decision. Again, it's not up to the church, you know, whether Catholic or Christian or non-denomination or whatever that is, to blame them for the failure of the education of our youth. Sure, they can improve, they could be better. A lot of sermons are wishy-washy or don't really point out the truth. But I truly believe the education of Christian morals and values belongs in the home. For us, it was important that our kids knew the Bible, that they knew the stories of the Bible, that we taught them about godly men and women that the Bible calls the saints. Do children know the difference between Noah and Moses? I was appalled when I taught seventh grade at a church class, and they were trying to tell me that Noah was the one who parted the Red Sea. And I had to explain to them, no, that was Moses. So we had a quick review of Bible history. 
You know, I was blessed to grow up with the Bible stories that many kids were not as so blessed. They may have gotten, you know, and been up on everything secular. In fact, we homeschooled our children. And one of the, you know, things my kids say that they find difficult is that they're not used to some of the popular movies, or they're not used to some of the songs that everybody knew. And so that was all on me, because it wasn't anything that now that they're adults, you know, one of my friends, or one of my daughter's friends has a list of movies that she has to see. And so, you know, now that they're adults, they can they can watch these movies right? They can make that decision. Not that the, any of them were that horrible, but it wasn't anything that we wanted to show in our home. There are so many good movies. There's, um, you know, websites like Pure Flix, um, where you can, you know, some of them are not done as well as others, um, you know, with big budgets, but you know, a lot of the content is good. And that's what we did in our family. So if, unfortunately, if my kids don't know some of the things, I don't have any guilt about that. That's something they can, you know, learn about when they're as they're adults. But at least now they have those tools, right? They have that faith, they have that foundation. And so if they see something that may not be appropriate, they know how to best, you know, deal with that. But that also is opening up yourself to temptation, especially if it's something that's not appropriate. So that's also something to consider. Matthew 6 is the Lord's Prayer, and the last part states, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We are delivered by our awareness and decision, and that is faith. Remember, faith is a decision. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked his apostles to stay awake with him for one hour, but unfortunately they were unable. Yet, he said in Matthew 26, 41, stay awake and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak, and the enemy knows how to tempt us, especially if we are trying, and especially when we fast. Fasting calls to mind our prayer, whatever that is. For example, if I'm fasting for a specific reason. When we avoid that food, we learn how to pray specifically and avoid that temptation. Avoiding the food instead of eating it reminds us to pray. One of the podcasts I listen to is Wholeness and Holiness, and recently the topic was Into the Desert with Jesus. She discussed sin and temptation in the desert. When the enemy was with the Lord, he said, If you are the Son of God. You will do, you know, whatever it was, you know, turn these stones into bread. And then the other thing was, you know, um, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth if you bow to me. And, you know, in other words, he was saying to Jesus, do you know who you are? If you are the son of God, he was trying to shake the foundation of, you know, who God thought he was, you know, ridiculous, right? Well, in this way, the enemy is trying to trick us. Jesus knows his identity. He didn't need to prove it. When we don't know who we are, we give in to temptation. It's because we've lost our way. We've lost our identity. We either do not have the confidence in who we are or think that doing whatever this temptation is will fix the issue. For example, a young person 
who gives in to the peer pressure of drugs or drinking alcohol to fit in because everyone else is doing it. If we're confident in our identity, if we know we are indeed sons and daughters of the Almighty, we are part of the Holy Family, then we don't need those things to make us feel better about ourselves. This is the part of the relationship with God. If we are confident in our relationship, we will be strong. If we believe that God is there and we are here, He is a loving and distant God. That won't work in the here and now. Friends, we as Christians have been given a powerful tool, the understanding that God is with us. He is for us. And if so, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 Who can separate us from the love of Christ? What then can we say in response to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? We need to shore up the troops. Get your family on board. Be united instead of divided. I feel that division is one of those things that takes our eyes off of the Lord. And we need to conquer the issues head on. If you're struggling with something major, ask your family for help or get outside help. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No trial has confronted you except what a person can stand. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tried beyond your strength. But together with the trial, he will also provide a way out and the strength to bear it. I've asked the Lord for help when I felt overwhelmed and couldn't handle things when they were hard. The temptation was a spiritual one, and that was giving in to negativity or self-pity and depression and doubt, to feel that no one cares, and I was in this alone. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever had that temptation to fall into self-pity, depression, or thinking that you're all alone? Have you been in that depths of despair with no way out? One of the biggest issues for the elderly, for example, is loneliness. In the past, there were multi-generational families, and now this is a missing element in family life today. Without seeing the aged and what we're all going to go through someday, it makes our life more fleeting than it is. There are certain sins and temptations that we must overcome that we struggle with. And these are ones you should identify and become aware of. And that's your assignment for this week. To really look at the areas in your life that you can improve upon. I shared an episode called Victory Over Sin and the links are in the show notes. And I discussed these issues and the traps we fall into. But I want to leave you with this encouragement. It is from 1 John 1 through 2. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you may avoid committing sin. However, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is himself the sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also the sins of the whole world. That my friends, should give us hope. Avoiding temptation is a blessing and it makes us stronger. And I pray this helps you to make wise and beneficial decisions for your journey with the Lord. Take care and God bless. And remember this week, look at ways 
that you are struggling with temptation and then look at ways you can overcome this. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Fleece on our website, a few minutes with God.com, and your podcast page on a few minutes with God podcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.